As you go through the process of relentless forward progress, keep in mind that these three major areas, culture, technology, and people, have the potential to make you or break you, depending on how you pay attention to it. Welcome to the Journey to Impact podcast, where we show you how to turn your unique passion into a strategy to change the world. Today, Ed builds on last week's episode and goes over three areas to consider in the process of relentless forward progress. If you missed that episode, you can find it at edgillentine.com. That's E-D-G-I-L-L-E-N-T-I-N-E.com. Let's go ahead and get right to it. It's time to get off the bench. Let's do this. Here's your host, Ed Gillentine. Hello, this is Ed Gillentine. Thanks for joining us on this podcast and our series on the basics of impact. This particular podcast is going to be a little bit shorter and will be sort of a supplement to the previous podcast on the relentless pursuit of perfection, to steal the term from Lexus, or what we called relentless forward progress. We covered a lot of ground talking about relentless forward progress in our previous podcast, but uh, there are three areas that I think are really critical to consider during the process, and, and I sort of see them as overarching principles right? Sort of umbrellas that you need to consider as you work your way through the process of relentless forward progress. One is culture, two is technology, and three is people. But I I just felt like they were worth discussing in a little bit more detail instead of just uh, blowing past them really quickly. First of all, I want to talk about culture. Cultures are constantly changing. And for the most part, it's a relatively slow process. Painful, to be sure, if you think about the United States maybe in the 60s, but typically pretty slow. And whether you're in a U.S. or an international context, if you don't pay attention and adjust to cultural shifts, it can be pretty devastating on your impact. My observation is that more technologically developed cultures can change more quickly. So you think about, you know, prior to steam engines and you know, telegraphs and wireless in the late 1800s, early 1900s, cultural change moved pretty slowly. It started to speed up, and then when we got the microchip, right, and the personal computer, it really took off. And then with the advent of social media and phones that are, in effect, personal computers, we we basically shrunk the world, right? And it's sped up these cultural changes if you think about it, the microchip probably has done more to change the culture of, of our world than anything else in history. We can get anywhere on the planet for the most part in 24 to 48 hours. I can talk to my colleagues in Ethiopia in real time, almost any time I want. Social media allows the world into our lives, or at least into the lives that probably we want them to see, probably not our real lives. When I wrote Journey to Impact, We had just recently landed a rover on Mars after a 253-day journey, right? And more recently, the SpaceX company sent a manned spaceflight up and recovered the rocket that will be reusable, right? Sort of the next phase, speaking of relentless forward progress, of the ancient, for some of us, the uh, ancient space shuttle operation. But with all of that Technology, our culture is, in many respects, less connected, more fragmented. Our cultural norms, if you think of things like dress, respect for elders, common courtesy, even, you know, holding the car door open for your date or 
holding the door open to a restaurant for uh, an older couple or a couple that's older than you, maybe. Those seem to shift constantly. In, in Ethiopia, where I've spent most of my time and energy studying their culture, because I really want to be aware of it, I want to embrace it, I want to be a part of it, it has been the most challenging piece of the impact puzzle for me. So if you think about the fact that even within the same cities in the United States, there are different cultures, right? When I go to New York City, there are clear demarcations between Chinatown, the Italian part of the city, and say, the Jewish, the Orthodox Jewish part. Clear demarcations. And they are distinctly different cultures. It's not bad, good, right, or wrong. It just is. But if we have that level of cultural differences within the United States, and I'm talking about people that have been in the United States, assimilated for years and years and years, generations, and you still have that difference, what's it going to be like when you get outside the U.S.? In Ethiopia, there are 85 or so different languages and people groups, and there's sub-dialects and sub-people groups within those. And so depending on where you are in the country, it could be a totally different language. It could be totally different cultural norms. And it's really challenging, especially if you're trying to build a national impact organization or hopefully across all, all of Africa. And even in the 10 or 15 years that I've been going to Ethiopia a lot, the culture has changed significantly. They are a patriarchal influence culture. That is, the elders have a lot of influence, the male elders, especially the village elders, as you get the rural areas. And that's being thrown aside by the younger generations. So how do you deal with that as an outsider coming from a different culture, trying to, to learn a new culture? And what we did in the past and what I absolutely totally counted on was we had built a lot of relationships, deep relationships that we could trust over the years in Ethiopia, and we were counting on them to be able to help us navigate the cultural maze. And now even they are unsure how to do it. You know how in the United States you, you hear older generations mourning the loss of the good old days and you know how this generation is not as tough or they're not as patriotic or they're not as this or not as that. It's, it's the same thing around the world as, as these cultural norms change. Same thing's going on in Ethiopia. And I would suggest two things. Number one, you better pay attention to it. And number two, the, the new generations, it, they bring a lot of really good changes, right? So again, it's not right, wrong, bad, or good, but if you don't pay attention, you do so at your peril. And so when you go through this process of relentless forward progress, you really have to pay attention to culture. And without getting into a study on anthropology, you got to pay close attention as it relates to the culture and your strategies and tactics. Because I can tell you, some of the things we did even five years ago are ineffective now. And you have to be willing to change. But from a positive perspective, think about this. These are great opportunities to make positive changes in areas like basic human rights, basic health care, the rule of law, those sorts of things. So it's a great opportunity, but it's one that you have to really, really pay attention to. Let's talk a little bit about technology and research. So a lot of times technology and additional research will show us that the ideas we originally had, even what I call, quote, undisputed facts, were incorrect or they are obsolete. And that's a good thing, because why, why would you want to keep doing things based on old or incorrect information? But it's a real challenge to be technical. I think our new technology, just as it's affected culture, it's also affected um, the speed at which we get good quality research. 
and it gets it back to us at, at a quicker pace. Most humans are going to have a tendency toward familiarity bias because we're comfortable with how we've been doing things, especially if we've had some success or it's been effective in the past. But you have to be flexible. You have to embrace change. And that's where humility, curiosity, those types of character qualities come in. Things are changing whether we want them to or not, right? New research reveals new findings. So focus on impact even when the change is uncomfortable. I would also say be careful connecting technology to Western technology, right? Microchips, 5G networks, and those types of things. Sometimes an, a, a change, a positive change in technology is going from a, a domo, which is what they use in Ethiopia, to maybe a shovel, a metal shovel. I still remember the first time our team saw a weed eater. I mean, their minds were blown at how much work they could get done, right? They just never seen one. That's not advanced technology in our world, but it can make a big difference. And that technology and research as you're going through the process of relentless forward progress is something that you really have to pay attention to. Finally, I want to talk about people. As simple as it sounds, effective impact almost always comes from people. A really wise person told me a long time ago, invest in people, not programs or organizations. And that's a value, that's a core value that I've clung to and that Liz and I have used throughout our journey to impact. But people can be the most malleable, the most influenced, the most emotional, and the most frustrated beings that God created, right? And that makes it crazy challenging. But they're also the most flexible, the most creative, the most passionate, and the most determined beings on our planet. And that's what makes it really amazing. I, I do want to mention that many times the people that are with you in the beginning of your journey to impact may not be there at the end. And that's not necessarily because they didn't work out or gave up or anything else with a negative connotation. You will have some of that. But people's passions change. Their skill sets grow beyond an organization's capacity or mission. Or maybe their own personal growth takes them to a place where they need to spread their own wings. I've observed several times where a key person's skill set is obsolete for the organization. It doesn't really matter the reason, but be prepared to have people come and go within the orbit of your impact. And make it your mission to help them be in a better position to succeed at whatever they're called to do when they leave you than when they come. I also think that it's important to talk about conflict with people on your team. It's painful, but you're going to have to deal with it, so you might as well think about it and be prepared for it. Your focus is on impact. And if the people around you are going to dilute that focus or distract you and your organization from it, they're going to need to move on. I've observed that even when there's a messy departure, maybe, not only is it going to free you to focus better on what you're doing, but frankly, it frees that person that moves on as well. And you'll be surprised at how often there's a person in the wings that's ready to take your organization, your strategy to the next level. They just didn't have the chance to do it until the change occurred. I will say that one of the things I feel like we've done the best at Highland Harvesters is finding the right people. And it goes back to what that mentor told me years ago, invest in people, not programs and organizations. As we focused on finding the right people, it, it did slow us down initially. I think over the long haul, it's been fantastic choice because we're in a greater position to explode our impact, to have catalytic impact. But it did take us longer. But we knew that if we didn't get the right people, all the rest of it wasn't going to matter. So 
As you go through the process of relentless forward progress, keep in mind that these three major areas, culture, technology, and people, have the potential to make you or break you, depending on how you pay attention to it. Now, in our next podcast, we're going to get into the weeds of the impact toolbox. So don't skip over it, right? I'll do my best to keep it interesting. But some of the details could be a bit boring if you're not a detail person like I am. But don't chicken out. Don't wimp out. I'll say this in all seriousness. If you don't have at least a passing knowledge of the toolbox, you are severely limiting your impact. So until the next time, remember these three words. Embrace, build, and act. Embrace your unique vision of impact. Build your unique impact strategy and act. Get off the bench. Get into the game. Remember, the world needs you. Thanks for listening. To learn more about Ed and Journey to Impact, visit edgillentine.com. That's E-D-G-I-L-L-E-N-T-I-N-E.com. Until next time, embrace, build, act.